1: I don't care what they might say We love Jesus anyway When God redeems Israel out of the slavery and bondage of Egypt He puts them into the desert, wandering And 42 different times they pick up and move along We'll take a look at a few of those instances next Here on Way of Grace Bondage and slavery into the wilderness. Hi there, welcome. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward, online at grace Bible.com. We're in Numbers 33 today, looking at verses 1 through 14. Today's message, taken from our series Arise, Move, and Go, is simply entitled 42 Times. 42 Times the Israelites get up and move and then stop into the wilderness. Well, today, we'll take a look at a couple of those stops and the significance. Join us. Here's Pastor Jesse and today's broadcast.
2: Many, many years, the Lord showed me this, that God's people today are as God's people have always been on a journey. You have not arrived yet. If you are still walking this terra firma, if you are still operating out of a body, you are in between. That is called Mesopotamia. That is where Abraham was when God called him out of, er, of the Chaldees to take him to the promised land. And Abraham had a journey, didn't he? And we are called children of Abraham if we, by faith in Christ, believe. Now, what that means is we're all on a journey. I'm sorry, you are. But God is in control of that journey and he's in control of every facet of that journey. All of our lives are filled with twists and turns and and detours and deviations. We wonder sometimes, Lord, what is this all about? Well, it's about the Lord teaching you how to trust him. It really is. And what we're going to learn today are the fundamentals of a journey through the wilderness of which you and I are going as well. And I hope to be able to teach you over the next eight to 10 weeks what it looks like when God says arise, move and go. And when he says stop, settle and wait. And then when he says arise, move and go again. And when he says stop. Settle and wait because that's the life of every believer. See, he's going to help you to understand you don't run this thing because, you know, we make plans. And nine times out of 10, they don't go our way. And then God has to tell you, you didn't even ask me. Is that true? You need to know that God is not following you. What a lot of my brothers and sisters don't get. God's not following you. You're following him. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. And so we can learn some things about arise, move and go today if we have time. And what I just want to do out of numbers 33 is highlight a few verses to show you that God told Moses to write down. That means if it's written down, it was meant for the generations to come to read it. God told Moses over in verse 2 of chapter 33, Moses wrote their goings. Their goings out according to their journeys. By the what? Commandment of the Lord. That means Moses had to write accurately every time God said go and every time God said stop. And that's because we've already learned in our Bibles that the things that were written aforetime long ago were written for our learning. Romans 15:4. That means we can map what happened to the saints of old onto our life and see corresponding relationship. Does that make some sense? Right? So the Old Testament for us is not old. It's still very much brand new. When the Holy Spirit takes the Old Testament, the history, and teaches us the present, then we can see where we are. And I'm hoping over this 10-week period, some of y'all will see where you are in your walk with God. Now, because there are 42 journeys, that means God said, arise, move, and go, how many times? 42 times, good, you have survived public school. (laughs) Now, I do want to drive home, for those of you who don't know it, that the Bible is a hymn book, H-I-M book. And if you don't hurry up and get that, your Bible will never ever serve you correctly because you will use your Bible as a pretext for a you book instead of a hymn book, for a me book instead of a hymn book. And that will always mess up your GPS system. And when you get lost in the wilderness, it was because you were trying to tell God what to do rather than hearing what God would say to you and following him. This is just the way that it is. I'm so glad to have you in the house today so that we can be reminded once again, God knows where he's going. So the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, these things were written examples as examples to us so that not only can we be comforted by the fact that God knows where he's going, but we can be admonished not to behave stupidly like our brethren did, right? Now, these things were written for our example, a 2 a pattern, an imprint, a shadow, a shape to the intent that we should not what? Lust after evil things as they also what? Right. The essence of what we're going to be dealing with in our third point today is a question. For what do you thirst? That's going to be our final point as we get there. For what do you thirst? Do you thirst for the living God? Or do you thirst for the lust of this world? So let me continue working through the foundation because those two questions will become very relevant here in a moment. Again, what I've shared with you is that when you read your Old Testament carefully, Israel becomes a pattern for us and you and I are a kind of Neo-Israel, the body of Christ. Jews and Gentiles are a new Israelite family. We are Abraham's seed and as Israel went through the wilderness, so do we. Revelation chapter 12, verse 15 will teach us something about that. Revelation 12, 15, through 17 it speaks to the journey of the bride and the serpent cast out of his mouth what's the word water water that's what I want you to keep in mind is that what it says water that's what we're getting ready to talk about water that's the other word and the serpent cast out of his mouth what water now the momentum was as a what Flood. So his water is designed not to stabilize you or strengthen you or nourish you, but to take you out. You just have to see it. And notice what it says. After the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. And you and I are dealing with all kind of floods today. And all kind of people are being wiped out, are they not? But God has promised to take care of his people. Look at the next verse, verse 16. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Aren't you glad that God intervenes when the enemy wants to take you out and protect you from your own stupidity? Now, notice the next verse, because you and I are going to see this in a moment again. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the woman and with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and of the testimony of Jesus. Only reason the enemy coming after you because you're a child of God. Only reason he's coming after you is because you say you love Jesus. Only reason he's coming after you is because you have declared that you know that you have eternal life in Christ. And his goal is to test you on that. He wants to see whether or not you really, really believe God. Oh, do they believe God? Okay. This month, the bill is going to be three times larger than it ever was. Ain't never had a heating bill as high as I had this, this last month. That made me even more mad at, at Newsom. Never had a heating bill that high. I'm like, man, my goodness. Oh, I think I cut the heater on twice. <laughs> Look at verse 14, and to the woman were given two wings of a what? Great eagle in order that she might fly into the what? Now, I want you to capture that because I know you don't know. We're dealing with metaphor. We're dealing with analogy. We're dealing with anthropomorphisms. Here we're dealing with zoomorphisms. God is giving the body of Christ wings of eagles. God is our eagle. He is our wing, as we're going to see, to lift you and up, you and I, up above the flood. He gives you power to rise above the flood and take you out up from under its momentum to take you out and then lands you smack dab in the wilderness. Now the wilderness is where God wants to meet you. Stay with me. He don't want to meet you and hang out with you in the club. He don't want to hang out with you in the gym. He don't want to hang out with you at the White House. He wants to hang out with you in the wilderness. Because in the wilderness you come to discover that the only person you can depend on is God. So a lot of God's people don't like this wilderness sojourn, but that's all you got going. Now, for some of you, if you fall asleep in 10 minutes, here is your point of application so you can go home. (laughs) The wilderness is the revelation that when things really begin to fall apart, The only person you can really depend upon to call on is your God. Did y'all figure that out yet? Because you get mad at everybody else you're trying to depend upon. But God has moved them out the way so you can start calling on him. We're getting ready to learn that right now. Getting ready to learn that. See, like the only people that can survive a wilderness sojourn is people who know that they got a God who created that wilderness. And that's what we're dealing with here in our account. I gave you Revelation chapter 12, 14, because Revelation 12, 14 corresponds with Exodus 19, verse 4. Exodus 19, 4. The old conceals the new, the new reveals the old. And if you're already taking the application, God will give you wings of eagle when you cry out to him to lift you up and get you through your troubles. Haven't you ever experienced that? It's an amazing grace, isn't it? When you know you don't have the resources in yourself to get through your trouble and God just lifts you up. That's why we sang higher ground. Lord, lift me up. See, y'all don't get those old hymns, but the old folks that really went through trouble did. God has to lift you up when your troubles come. Listen to what God says in Exodus 19. Now I want you to mark it in your, in your outline. This is called the 10th encampment. This is called number 10. It's in your outline. If you look at your outlines carefully, number 10. Number 10, it's the 10th time the children of Israel had to move. Folk don't know that, but well, we're getting ready to learn it. And here's what God is reminding them. That when I came to get you out of Egypt, I put you on my back. Like a mother eagle that knows how to swoop down and get her children. And I lifted you up and I carried you all the way into solitude where you could be with me. Listen to it. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle wings and I brought you where? Not to church. Not to the next level. Not to a better job, not to a better home, not to a better this, nor to a better that, but to the true and the living God himself. See, the goal of salvation is to bring you to God. See, we be, we be, we just be messing it up, don't we? Every day we're creating, creating idols to block ourselves from God and God's trying to knock them down so he can have a relationship with you. So what we see in our text is that God is saying to 1.3 million people just two months into their journey or only two months in. I did all that to bring you to myself. Now, what I want to do is briefly walk you through what it looked like the night that God said it's time to go. The reason why I want to walk you through it is because the night that God told Israel it was time to go is what we call Passover night. Now, Passover is what we will be dealing with next Friday as we look at Calvary night, because most of us know that Jesus laid down his life on Passover. Passover is the day that Christ died and we were set free. Mm -hmm. Passover is the day that God told Israel, slaughter the fatted calf, put the blood on the doorposts, Because we're getting ready to go out of this place. Y'all keeping up with me? And Israel was compelled by the powerful hand of God for over a year. God took a whole year to persuade those knuckleheads that he was greater than Pharaoh. He took a whole year to slaughter each one of the gods of the Egyptians. And then finally he said, tonight you're going to hear Pharaoh and his whole house crying because I'm taking out their firstborn. And when you hear the cry, it's time for you to go. And that's what we learn in our Bible, which brings us to our first point. The title of our message is Arise, Move, and Go 42 times. The lesson is this. Deliverance leads to dependence, which leads to deployment. Deliverance leads to dependence, which leads to deployment. I'm going to make an argument that the reason that God saves you is to train you on how to depend upon him. I'm going to make an argument that deliverance is for dependence. I'm going to make an argument that God bought you out of Egypt and brought you to himself so that you can stop depending upon the world and start depending upon the God that made the world. Now, in order for that to happen, child of God, you and I got to be trained. I'm sorry. You and I have been used to living under old Master Pharaoh's house and under old Master Pharaoh's rules. And we were conditioned by Master Pharaoh's resources. And we were used to Master Pharaoh's limitations. We were bound by Master Pharaoh's laws. And we were also addicted to Master Pharaoh's food. We were drinking Master Pharaoh's water, breathing Master Pharaoh's air. Sorry, it's true. Is it true? You and I were slaves of the Egyptian system of this world, and we were used to it until God came along in grace and changed your destiny. Now, the problem is, as you know, I'm telling you the truth, when God brings us up out of Master Pharaoh's house, He has to retrain our taste buds and our diet and our attitude and our worldviews and our preconceived notions about what is good. And God has a way of helping you understand you and I need to be taught all over again what it means to do to trust God. And that's what our first point is going to underscore. So by way of alliteration, please understand deliverance out of Egypt means learning dependence upon God in the wilderness. Now, we're going to be hanging out with them in their 40 year sojourn because apparently some of us are slow learners. Now, God meant for Israel to be able to go into the promised land in three months journey. But because they didn't like his training program, he extended their stay at the Holiday Inn called the Wilderness of Sin for 40 years. Anybody keeping up with me? Now, you know, I'm telling your Bible. I have to do it in a fashion like this because most people don't know their Bibles. But the reality is when God extends your trial, it's because you didn't get the lesson. You can blame anybody you want to. <clears throat> but God's not going to bring you out of your trial until you get your lesson because he's a good daddy. Yes, all right. So the first thing I want you to understand is deliverance out of Egypt is a clear and obvious thing that God sets up. And what he did in that night, this is going to be he's, uh, Exodus uh, chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 37 through 40. And I want you to get a little emotion picture of it because it was an awesome night. I can't go into all the details here. But God had told Israel two weeks in advance, fat up, get your fatted calf ready to go. It has to be pure and clean and without spot and blemish. Get ready to go. And you can't go until I see the blood. And the blood pointed to the shed blood of Jesus, which is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, which means freedom for you and me was at the cost of God's son. Don't play with Passover because Passover now is going to be an event that carries us through three stages. Are you all hearing me? Stage number one is given us in our first sub point called out of Egyptian what? Slavery. This is what God said in Exodus 20, verse one and two. We're going to walk through these points. Now, the reason I'm lifting this up is because I have been very dismayed at the fact that most Christians are unlearning their Bible today. I'm very dismayed at that. And what I mean by that is my heart is saddened because when you and I don't know God's word, we have cut off our process of sanctification. When you cut off your process of sanctification, then you are more susceptible of the flood of lies that come to you in this world because you're not grounded in God's word. Am I making some sense? When you're not grounded in God's Word and you get moved by the flood waters that comes out of the serpent's mouth, then you can easily be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But when you are solidly rooted in the Word of God, you are like a tree planted, stable, immovable. And a lot of Christians are not because they've been playing games when it comes to reading their Bible carefully. And God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord, your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You notice how God had to remind Israel that over and over again. You know how we had to often do with our kids. I'm your daddy. I'm your mama. Did you know our kids will get crazy on us like we did with our parents? And what God is about to do is teach Israel that Pharaoh is no longer your daddy. I'm your daddy. Is that good? No, look, I'm your daddy. Okay. I brought you out to be your papa, to be your Abba, for you to cry to me and no one else. This is what the text is teaching. I brought you out of bondage. Verse two, look at it, what it says in verse two, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. Do you see that? Won't get into the Hebrew language. What it really means is no other gods. Hurry up and rid yourself of the notion that you can have God plus others. No, there's only one true and living God. All the other gods are idols. And especially the ones that you are producing in your heart. And what God says is, you have to learn how to see me as your total sufficiency, which means you have to counterman every idol that emerges in your heart that tries to usurp the place of God. See, the big battle of the wilderness is not in our secular world. It's in our hearts. That's the real battle. we can getting ready to learn that right now. We're getting ready to learn that. God loves you enough to tell you it's all about me. That is him. Look at verse four, one more, and we'll keep going. You shall not make unto you any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or on the earth beneath beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You know what he's saying? Don't get caught up in imaginations. Because no one has imagination that doesn't first correspond in what we call a symbiotic relationship with objects outside of yourself. You can't have a vision without seeing something. Am I making some sense? And what will happen with men and women is they'll get caught up in external information data and it will create ideas and concepts and imaginations in your mind and it will take on such powerful control that they become idols against God. I'm telling you the truth.
1: And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are a great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Stan. I
2: not